0: It's put up or shut up time. The SEC spring meetings down in Destin, Florida, just days away. Are we finally going to have a future schedule resolution for uh, football in the SEC? A lot of talk here in the last couple of days. We'll reset that topic, give you my thoughts on who I think Tennessee's three permanent opponents will be. That's more football talk here on a win- on a, uh, Thursday, Locked on Balls. You are locked on balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody! Welcome back into it. Locked On Balls, your Thursday edition of the show. I'm Eric Kane at underscore kane on Twitter at Locked On Balls. That's where you can always find me and the show. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll quit real quick. Apologies for the audio on the podcast yesterday. Yeah, this thing's on today. Uh, I had a it wasn't I mean my mic was plugged in. I had some type of setting that was needed to be turned on that wasn't turned on. So I know that was just brutal. So I do apologize. Uh, thankfully we're sounding at least, you know, to the ears we're sounding a little bit better today. Uh, maybe I'm, you know, not making any sense, but at least we're sounding a little bit better today. Uh, shout out everydayers, thanks so much for coming back today. If you uh, want to be in everyday or come back tomorrow, we'll let you know all about it. Uh, subscribe to Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We do have a lot to get into, tons of football content to get into. Want to reset the SEC scheduling topic because there's been a lot of chatter lately about staying at eight games and how I think that's just utterly stupid. So we'll discuss that just a little bit and uh, th- revisit the three permanent opponents for Tennessee potential uh, on, on what could be out there. In segment two, this was a Twitter Tuesday question inspired by Braden. Um, he wanted to know the Mount Rushmore of Tennessee football games. I'm going to give you mine, and I want you to give me yours as well. That underscore Caner, and it Locked On balls. And then in segment three, CBS Sports put out the uh, 100 things, 100 days away from college football. That was yesterday. Uh, Tennessee, a couple of those numbers, if you will. I'll explain more on that uh, here in a moment. But a lot of good stuff there. Really, really intriguing stuff, but really, really fun stuff. Uh, we'll get into that in segment number three. Okay, so... SEC future football schedule. In 2024, the the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, is gonna go from 14 teams to 16 teams. So Oklahoma's coming in and Texas is coming in. The thought, excuse me, the thought for a long time was that you are going to scrap divisions, you're going to go to a nine game conference schedule, and you are essentially going to play three opponents every single year, known as the three permanent opponents. And then the rest of your SEC schedule will be a rotation of six teams, so the 3-6 model. That's been the most popular. Um, That's been kind of the expected result for months upon months upon months. And I still do believe that this is going to be the expected outcome. I do, Um, and I'll get to that in a moment. The other option, and the one that you're hearing a little bit more chatter about here lately from some presidents of these programs in the Southeastern Conference, Presidents and universities want to remain at an eight-game schedule. That's what Tennessee plays right now. That's what the Southeastern Conference is. It is an eight-game schedule, but you would go a 1-7 model, meaning you would play one opponent every single year no matter what, and then every year you would rotate um, you know, seven SEC teams on both sides. You are playing every single program in the Southeastern Conference once every two years, and you will visit every venue in the Southeastern Conference if you're in college for four years um at least one time so uh, that that's what i like but on those two things you're scrapping divisions essentially and that that's kind of the the expected layout of what's to come for you know the southeastern conference um you know we'll see there could be some tweaks in there sure and all that good stuff but i think that it's still going to be the three six model i think that the sec is going to go to the nine game conference schedule and, and here's why um ESPN is the TV rights, you know, the, the the partner with the Southeastern Conference. You think ESPN would have re-upped and gave, you know, the Southeastern Conference and its, uh, you know, and its member institutions all this money, all this revenue share that is north of $70 million if they were not going to get another conference game? I don't think so. Uh, that's first and foremost. Number two, the, the Big Ten is already playing nine conference games. So why on earth as the SEC are you not playing nine conference games that's number two number three you are expanding your conference you are adding more teams to your conference therefore you should play more conference games that's number three and number four you are expanding the college football playoffs in 2024 you are going from four teams to 12 teams essentially meaning I don't want to devalue the regular season but a loss here or there in the regular season, if you are a top program in the country, it is not going to derail you. You will still be in the college football playoff. So the fact that you're adding to the conference, the fact that another Power 5 conference is already doing it, the fact that ESPN is giving you $70-plus plus million per member institution at the Southeastern Conference, and the fact that it is an expanded playoff in two years, why on earth would you sit back and only want to do an eight-game conference slate? You are the Southeastern Conference. You pump your chest, and you say it just means more about everything. Well, back up your freaking words here. It just means more play a, play a ninth conference game. Alabama, you the big bad guy on campus. Georgia, back-to-back national titles. Tennessee, you're the upcomer. Um, you know LSU, uh, history, rich program. I mean, all these programs, Southeastern Conference. You want to be the bad boy? You want to say you're one of the best teams in the country? Then, then by golly, you know, back your words on it just it just mean meaning more, right? The presidents will vote on this. If it is a tie eight eight, Greg Sankey I believe gets the tiebreaker. Obviously, he is the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. There was some talk, there were some rumblings that some of the presidents of some of the schools in the Southeastern Conference want to remain at eight games, citing you know, equality issues, citing competitive advantage, all that type of stuff um i just i just don't quite understand that mindset if you are vanderbilt if you are mississippi state and sure they bring a lot in a, in a number of different sports you I know mean, most notably those two uh programs have great or those two universities have great baseball programs women's basketball from mississippi state is up there track and field for both the, i mean it's not just football but as we know football keeps the lights on right but if you're a mississippi state if you're a vanderbilt if you're one of the You know, considered lower level, you know, lower tier Southeastern Conference teams, you're hitching your wagon to that of the SEC and you're getting paid $72 million a year just to be a part of the Southeastern Conference and to play your football games on ESPN and the SEC network. Okay, get over yourself. This is not coaches making the decision, this is not athletic directors making the decision. These are University presidents who are voting on it, sure they'll be influenced by those factors. But there are some university presidents who want to stay at a games. Try, you know, it'll it'll be easier to get to bowl eligibility. It'll be easier to get to these different you know milestones throughout the season if you didn't have to play another conference game. I just I don't get that mindset. Again, you are in the Southeastern Conference. You have the best football in all the country, top to bottom. Um, I I just don't quite get that. And again, if you lose two games and you are Georgia, you are Alabama, you are LSU, maybe you're Tennessee, you will still get in the college football playoffs with two losses. LSU lost three before the SEC championship game. LSU had three losses. LSU would have been in the, in the college football playoff game or playoffs with three losses this past year. So it just kind of is what it is. That's all my opinion. It just kind of is what it is. So um, I, I don't quite get that mindset. Again, I, it just means more, right? We'll prove it. So we will see the SEC spring meetings coming up in in Destin, Florida. That's been, been the expected timeline for an announcements of the twenty twenty four schedule and beyond. The expectation is it will go to a three six model, nine conference games, no divisions. It is not set in stone. The other alternative would be a one seven model, remaining eight games, one permanent opponent, seven rotating uh, opponents every single year um i think it would be really embarrassing closing arguments here in segment one i think it would be really really embarrassing if you're the southeastern conference and you sit there and you and you vote to remain at eight games i think it would be really really embarrassing so uh we will see that's kind of in the chatter here lately I, i'm not talking like it's it's firm it's set in stone or anything but there's been more and more paul feinbaum mentioned it the other day about how he's hearing that eight games is, is kind of you know what people want now, and you know some other people have been mentioning that as well. I don't see it. We'll see what happens, but I'm bringing that up kind of resetting because maybe there'll be a resolution by you know this time next week. Uh, real quick before we have the break, um, I meant to bring this up earlier, but we talked about it before. If there's a 3-6 model, who do you want Tennessee's three opponents to be? You can already mark it down, put it in the bank. It's going to be Vanderbilt and Alabama is your 1-2 two, or 2-1, two, however you want to phrase it. Who's that third one? How many rivalries will the Southeastern Conference choose to preserve? Are they going to preserve the Border Bowl, uh, the Battle of the Beer Barrel with Tennessee-Kentucky? What about Tennessee and Florida? It's been a heated rivalry dating back to 1992. Uh, you know, you want to go back? You used to play Auburn well before that. Uh, you know, what, what, what's kind of – what's the direction the Southeastern Conference is going is to go in? I don't know. We'll see. The, kind of the, the the conversation and kind of the, the trendy team to be paired with Tennessee, uh, kind of in that group, would be South Carolina. I just there's nothing about that that gets me excited uh that's just my opinion so i'd love for it to be kentucky for sure and if it is kentucky if you're tennessee you say sec thank you very much i'm on my business because vanderbilt's going to be in the bottom kentucky's going to be in the middle and alabama's at the top right now and that's pretty fair and pretty equal if you ask me all right when we come back top four games tennessee football history a great twitter tuesday question that was from Braden. we are going to uh, discuss that when we come back he, right here on locked on balls. Hey guys I introduce you to a new sponsor of the show and of the network yesterday. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up again. It's Bird Dogs. Fit, comfort, and versatility. Uh, they they've got a little bit of everything. That's what they pride themselves on. Their clothing, their shirts, their shorts, their pants, a look that is better for you and brings out your features comforts stretchy fabric making you know everything just the perfect fit for you for your your shorts and your pants and versatility what you can do with it you can go to meetings you can go to work with it you can go play golf in them uh you can you know go sightseeing in them i mean whatever the case is bird dogs has got you covered again i mentioned i was down at hoover alabama for just one day this past week but i packed Two pairs, a pair of pants and some shorts, some bird dogs, because I knew I'd be at the stadium, I'd be at the Hoover Met all day long, and then I'd be going and you know maybe getting a few drinks with the guys, for the boys, or maybe going out to dinner and then coming back and doing the show, or maybe vice versa, maybe not in that order. Regardless, I knew that they were going to be long days ahead, and I wanted to look nice, I wanted to look presentable and professional, but I wanted to be comfortable. And Bird Dog checks those boxes for me, and it can do it for you as well. Go to birddogs.com/slash locked on college, and when you enter the promo code Locked On College, they're gonna throw in a free custom Bird Dog Yeti style tumbler with every single order. I got mine in the mail. I need to bring it on the show here in a moment, but it's it's really really good. I had my coffee in it just the other day. That is Locked On College. That's the promo code Locked On College. When you go to birddogs.com/slash locked on college to place your order, and when you do that, a free custom Bird Dog Jetty style tumbler with every single order. That is birddogs.com/slash locked on college. All right, guys, welcome back into your Thursday edition of the show. I am Eric Kane. You can always hit me up on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. Shout out everydayers, one of those everydayers. He listens every single day. His name is Brayden, and he chimed in for Twitter Tuesday earlier this week. And he wanted to know what was on who what games of Tennessee football history would be on my Mount Rushmore. Essentially, my favorite Tennessee games or best Tennessee football games of all time. You can kind of make it your own, right? I kind of made it uh, the, the the best Tennessee football games ever. Not necessarily in my lifetime, but just kind of ones that stick out to me. There are a whole lot more uh, that could be on my Mount Rushmore, and I'm sure yours as well. My Mount Rushmore is likely going to look different from your Mount Rushmore. Um just kind of is. I've got a couple oldies, got a couple of recents, but still, it, it's really, really unique, and it's a great question that Braden had, and I wanted to save it and make a segment out of it, and that's what we're going to do here in segment number two. So shout out, Braden, appreciate that. Um, this is in no particular order, except I will say the first one is. So <laughs> having said that, the first one I say is the most important, but after that, it's really in no specific order. That's why that's what a Mount Rushmore is, right? No specific order. Uh, but the first one that I will... Talk about the first game in Tennessee football history that is on my Mount Rushmore is 100% the national championship game. It was January 4th, 1999. Uh, Tennessee won over Florida State by the final score of 23 to 16. It had been close to 50 years since Tennessee was considered a unanimous national champion and went into that game 12 and 0. You know, SEC champions, top-ranked team. Uh, but was considered the underdog against florida states um and t martin peerless price you know the just such that magical magical season they capped it off in a year where everybody was saying it was going to be rebuilding right payton's gone it's going to be a rebuilding year and tennessee and t martin capped it off with a win in the national championship capping the 98 season was actually the fourth day of 1999 over Florida State 23 to 16. That is number 1 on the national on the Mount Rushmore and I believe that would likely be number 1 on yours as well. Uh the second game that I'm going to highlight here is uh, one that is very very recent, right? And we could talk about it until the end of time and I think it's going to stand. Tennessee's win over Alabama this past football season, 52 to 49. It broke a streak of 16 straight Victories for the Crimson died. Um, It was Tennessee or Alabama was number three at the time, I believe. And just the way that game happened, right? I mean, Tennessee jumps out to a two-touchdown lead early in the first half. Alabama comes back. Tennessee misses an extra point. Alabama takes the lead by one point, kicking a field goal or kicking an extra point. Tennessee gets another lead, and then they just hand the football To Dallas Turner and he scoops and scores and and goes in from 11 yards out to take the lead and you're like oh no here it is Tennessee's gonna lose again and Tennessee comes back we know about that final drive Uh, we know about the fifth touchdown catch from Jalen Hyatt and then we know about the missed field goal from Alabama and then Tennessee coming back on that last drive big throw and catch to uh, Ramel Keaton. Big throw and catch by two McCoy, Chase McGrath, the screwball, the knuckleball. It goes through, and then you know all hell breaks loose on Neyland Stadium. There were cigars, there were cigarettes, there were a lot of other things on that field. I'm telling you, I was down there, um, but it was quite the party. Um, that will forever be something that I will never forget. That will be the best moment I've ever been a part of uh, in Tennessee football. You know, and, and until Tennessee wins, probably a national championship. Um, that that might not ever be you know dethroned you know for me at least that I was a part of I was covering that game so uh, that is up there for me 100 percent of course I mean Jalen Hyatt what a, what a phenomenal game six targets five catches 207 yards five touchdowns doubled his touchdown total in that game alone put himself on the map for All Americans and the Blitnikov, which he went ahead and you know won those. uh, consensusly is that a word consensusly i don't think so um but that game has got to be up there for me for sure uh the third game that i want to highlight sugar balls baby it's the sugar balls right i mean you got to go all the way back to let's see here to what was it um was it 1986 yeah so you gotta you gotta go back to n- january 1st 1986 tennessee 35 miami 7 in new orleans and that is what uh you know pinned tennessee as the sugar vols see miami was top five in the country think that they were number two they were you know going through that first uh really big dynasty in the last 20 years at the time of course they went on another one there in the 90s and, you know, they were they came into New Orleans ready to roll, right, and trying to have a share of the national championship with a victory over Tennessee in the Superdome. But Tennessee fans showed out. They took over that stadium, and um, they just ran, they ran Miami, you know, out, out of the park. 35 unanswered points on their way to an upset. Jeff Powell had a 60-yard touchdown run in the game, one of the most memorable plays in Tennessee football history. Shout-out Saturday Down South for reminding me about this game. Um, they did an article recently about some of the greater games in Tennessee history, and this made their list as well. So uh, the Sugar Balls, right? 1986, January 1st, 35 unanswered points, allowing the first touchdown of the game, and then slamming the door shut, and Tennessee went off and uh, just drilled, drilled the top-ranked Miami or the number two uh, Miami Hurricanes in that Sugar Bowl, in the Superdome. So that would, that would be on my list for sure. And I've been to a lot of old-timers, Would have that one on there as well and then speaking of another game that happened uh you know a little bit ago miracle south bend how can you talk famous tennessee games most memorable tennessee football games ever without the miracle at south bend right no sirree um 35 34 you know some of some of the most iconic john ward calls came from some of these games but this one specifically as well tennessee was down 31 to 7 on the road in South Bend 1991 down 31 to 7 scored a quick touchdown right before the halftime and then came back took the lead 35 to 34 Notre Dame lines up to kick a game winning field goal Tennessee blocks it and phew, there you go right um Tennessee comes back the miracle at South Bend is what it was dubbed Tennessee wins 35 to 34 so Uh, Those are some, those are my four games that are on on my Mount Rushmore for, you know, best Tennessee football games ever. Uh, Some that I wrote down that just made the cut. I mean, how in the world can you mention the 1998 National Championship game played on January 4th, 1999, without mentioning some of those games, those memorable games in 1998. The Arkansas game is 100% honorable mention, Uh, Billy Ratliff you know, the fumbling, stumbling, you know, pick it up there of of the Arkansas quarterback who shall not be named. <laughs> um, that game's up there for sure. The Florida win in overtime that year. Uh, Jeff Hall kicking the field goal. If memory serves me correct, the Syracuse game that year, T. Martin had like a 24-24 in that game or something. Um, you know, connected with uh, was a peerless price down the sideline. On I don't know I can't remember a lot of plays in that game but the, those couple of games in the 1998 season deserve to be mentioned for sure and then also Tennessee knocking off number one Auburn 1985 September 24th 1985 Bo Jackson who would go on and win the Heisman Trophy Tennessee held him to um, just 80 yards on the game Tennessee won 38 to 20. And that game was in Knoxville. Tennessee took down number one Auburn and uh, Heisman Trophy eventual winner, Bo Jackson. So those are some honorable mentions for me. But my four games are the Natty over Florida State, 23 16 Tennessee wins. It is the Alabama game this past year inside Neyland Stadium, 52 49. 35 7 over Miami in the Sugar Bowl, Sugar Balls game back in uh, January 1st, 1986, and 1991, the miracle at South Bend. Those are my four games. What are yours? At underscore Kaner, at Locton I love this topic. Great stuff there from Braden. Really, really do appreciate you. Uh, we are now less than 100 days away until the start of the college football season. We have a really, really cool topic. CBS Sports put out their 100-day countdown. Tennessee's mentioned, and a couple of those I'll explain when we return right here on Locked On Balls. All right, guys, welcome back into your third edition, or your third segment, rather, of a Thursday show, Locked On Balls. Eric Kane, Adonis Rokane, are at Locked On Balls. Uh, we continue on. It's been a really fun show so far. I uh, kind of went ham talking about how uh, uh, if the SEC does not go to nine games, it should be embarrassed. Uh, we'll see. I think it will, but there's been some chatter lately. Kind of just grab my gears a little bit, if you will. Um, uh, they would do that in segment number one. Segment two, uh, Mount Rushmore, Tennessee football games. We could have done a whole show on that, uh, but it was really, really cool doing that here in segment number two. And uh, now in segment number three, CBS Sports put this out on Tuesday, 100 days away from the start of college football season, and they had a tracker, one through 100, on things to be on the lookout for for uh, this football season. It's really, really cool. I love when they do this every single year. Uh, first couple of ones are big storylines. Number one, Georgia and the quest for a three-peat. Tennessee shows up in a couple of these. Number one, Georgia and a quest for a three-peat. Number two, spotlight on Deion Sanders in Colorado. You know how we mentioned Athlon Sports? You know, how we mentioned the countdown and all that good stuff yesterday about the preseason all-conference teams and all that. I mean, it's not just Athlon, but it's every, everybody's obsessed with Deion Sanders in Colorado. I understand it. I get it. It's popular. I get it. Hall of Famer. I get it. Primetime. I get it. But you would think that some of these national—I'm not—I'm not signaling out Athlon or CBS Sports. You would think some of these national publications are beat writers for Colorado right now. It's ridiculous, and I'm sick and tired of seeing it. But anyway, that was a mini rant. Number two, spotlight on Deion Sanders in Colorado. Number three, pivot point for the high-profile coaches in year two, uh, like LSU, Brian Kelly, Billy Napier. Uh, you know, some of these other high highly-regarded second-year coaches. Um, around the nation, Lincoln Riley, um, you know, just to name a few. Number four, uh, on-field effects of the conference realignment, most notably welcoming in four teams to the Big 12, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, The next couple are bold predictions. Number five, Pac-12 will have the best quarterback play in the country. Interesting. 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 Top to bottom, okay. Caleb Williams, of course, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, but who else? Minix Penix Jr. of Washington, Cam Rising of Utah, Oregon Bo Nix. That's a conversation starter. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. That's a conversation starter. Number 6, Ryan Day will snap his losing streak to Jim Harbaugh. Sooner or later, right? Number 7, Texas will lead the Big 12 with a conference championship. Wouldn't that be something? And then the next couple are burning questions. We're about to get into the first one for Tennessee. Next one, burning questions is Alabama's dynasty over? Interesting. That's number eight. Number nine, Tennessee stock is soaring, but it will hold. This is what they say about that. Quote, big wins can prove to be a transform transformational for coaches early on in their tenure. And last season's epic defeat of Alabama has thrust Josh Heupel and the Vols into the realm of lofty expectations. Heupel followed up an 11-win campaign with a top 10 finish and a strong recruiting class, now, projections for the future include competing for championships. Proving that Tennessee is more than a flash in the pan starts with a successful transition from Hendon Hooker to Joe Milton, the quarterback, and maintaining the offensive success that has defined much of Heibel's coaching career. All of Heibel's coaching career, I'll go ahead and say that. Uh, with five-star freshman Nico Iamaliava representing the title-contending future, the strong bridge season of 2023 can ensure that none of the momentum is lost from last year's season's success. I completely agree with all of that. That is a burning question from a national perspective, from an SEC perspective, and even locally here on the beat in Knoxville, Tennessee. Sustainability, sustainability. Can Tennessee sustain? I'm talking about Joe Milton. What can you look like week after week after week after week? Tennessee. If you're a true power in this conference, if you're one of the best coaches in this conference, if you want to be, you know, taken seriously like the big boys, of course, you know, to get there, you got to win some championships. I get it. But what can you do to follow up a 10-win regular season? What can you do to follow up an 11-win season? 2023 is going to be a big year. I I, I agree completely with all that. Uh, you go on now and a couple more of these uh, burning questions. Can Garrett Riley help Clemson get back to a national title c- competition? Are uh, buyouts real? Talking about Jimbo Fisher in Texas A and M. Penn State is loaded up to make the run, but the but is there a path? Great stuff here. I'm just skimming over it. A lot of a lot of great detail work. It's a free article over at cbsports.com Sports.com. Uh, then uh, another section here is new faces, new places. They list a ton of new coaches and what they'll look like um, in, in their new respected spots. You know, most notably, uh, you know, Kenny Dillingham. Over at Arizona State, Hugh Freeze at Auburn, uh, Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati, Tim Peck at Coastal Carolina, Deion Sanders at Colorado, yada yada, continue to go down, um, and so on and so forth. Liberty's got Jamie Chadwell, shout out to Anderson County, Jeff Braun at Louisville, so Mississippi State, Zach Arnett. Again, those are just some new coaches. Uh, the next tier, if you will, and most notably, there are some tiers in here National Championship Contenders, Tier One. Said so we're going to learn on the national title odds at Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, that's that's what this article is using to set some of the tiers for national title race. Tier one: Georgia, eleven to five odds; Alabama, eleven to two odds; Michigan, eight to one odds; Ohio State, seventeen to two odds; LSU, twelve to one odds; USC, fourteen to one odds; Texas, sixteen to one odds; Florida State, sixteen to one odds; Clemson, twenty to one odds. Interesting. There's some teams in there that shouldn't be in there, but uh, the tier one teams one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine tier one teams. Tier two teams. The first one mentioned Tennessee. Tennessee 25 and one. That's what they say on this. Those 25 and one odds. Will Milton have a T. Martin guy-after-the-guy title run? Judging by how things went against South Carolina at the end of the season, the big question here is whether the Vols can get enough stops on defense to navigate the annually difficult schedule. That sounds like a show in the future. Joe Milton, T. Martin, guy-after-the-guy. I love that. It's a really, really good idea. Uh, really, really good stuff here from CBS Sports. That'll be a show later on. But I will say the one difference is you went from Peyton to T. Martin. But you still had an elite, historic defense. Tennessee's defense was not as bad as everybody wants to try, try to make it out to be. You know, I have I have shouted in this microphone, I've talked on this podcast about how Tennessee's defense was nowhere near as bad as everybody thought they were last year. And I brought stats to the ballpark and we play ball. You know, with stats and facts, um, it's still nowhere close to obviously what what that defense was. Just just incredible. So that's the biggest difference. Uh, some of those other teams in tier two, along with Tennessee's Penn State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Oregon, Washington, Oklahoma, Utah, Wisconsin, Ole Miss, and then some of the better non-conference games are listed 56 through 75 on the top 100 countdown. I'm not going to list them all, but the first couple won Colorado, with TC, TCU, Florida, Utah, West Virginia, Penn State, North Carolina, South Carolina, yada yada. Heisman Trophy contenders. Here we go, right? Um, again, they're using odds per Caesar Sportsbook. Caleb Williams nine to two, Michael Penix Jr. twelve to one, Drake May twelve to one, Jordan Travis twelve to one, yada yada. You continue to go on and on and on, and you get down to number eighty-six on the countdown, and there's Tennessee's quarterback Joe Milton. Joe Milton, Tennessee quarterback, eighteen to one odds to be the Heisman Trophy winner and uh, that will do it for Tennessee in the top 100 countdown as these Heisman odds go from number 76 to 100 on the top 100 countdown. Jalen Milrow, 40 to 1 odds to win win the Heisman. Get a life. Ty Simpson, 30 to 1 odds to win the Heisman. Get real. Get absolutely real. Are you kidding me right now? Oh, geez. Fun, fun stuff. All right. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, we might dig into this a little bit more. 100 days out from kickoff. Some of the biggest storylines, burning questions, bold predictions. Uh, good stuff there, as always, from CBS Sports. We are now 99 days away from the start of college football. Can't wait. It will be here before you know it. Fun show today. I think it's been a real good show. I think it's been a fun show. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Shout out to Everydayers. If you want to be an Everydayer, come back tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening, if you're watching right now and you haven't subscribed on YouTube, please do so. Just search Lockdown Balls on YouTube. It helps me out a lot, so please subscribe there. Please subscribe or follow wherever you listen, wherever you get your listening podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, um, Odyssey app, wherever it is. Uh, that helps the show. That helps me continue to do the show, so thank you so much for that. Uh, we'll have a lot of good stuff to get into tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. This is Locked on